Come on, Jesus. Hey, it's been, it's been, it's been such a powerful morning already, hasn't it? Isn't it so good to gather here together on Sunday mornings as a family? Yeah. This is just, it's just amazing, you guys. Man, I love you guys so much. I'm excited to share my heart with you this morning. Wasn't that fun sending Cameron off this morning, praying over him, man, just releasing him to go and be who God's called him to be? It's amazing. I, uh, I'm excited, man. I got so much on my heart, man. I, I feel I'm already sweating this morning. I feel like I'm already in the flow. It, it's, it's been a couple months, actually, since I've drummed and preached on the same Sunday. So I'm like, this, it, may, it makes no difference to me whether I'm down there or up here because it's all worship under the Lord. Amen? It's all Jesus. You, you might, if you're new here, you might think to yourself, Wes, is that too much for you to drum and preach on the same Sunday? It would be if it was about me. But since it's not about me and it's about Jesus, I just get to rest in him and everything I do. It's all about the man. Y'all look at me real quick. This is not the message, but you understand that it's all about Jesus being in the room. And if that's all that matters is that he's in the room, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you're in the same room with him. Hallelujah. Whoa. There's so many Christians, man. They're longing and looking for a stage and a platform. They're longing for the wrong things. We got to long for this man named Jesus. All that matters is that he's in this room. And not only is he in this room, he's in this room, which means everywhere we go and every room we enter into, we carry him with us. He's with us and we're with him, which changes the way that we live our life. The way we treat one another, the way that we talk to one another, our willingness to forgive one another, to help one another, to serve one another, and our willingness to tell everybody about who he is. This is all, it's about Jesus, you guys. Look, if you will make Jesus your purpose for being alive in 2022, you'll have the greatest year of your life. It won't matter what's happening around you or what's happening to you. When Jesus, when you wake up every day and you surrender your life to this man named Jesus, you'll step into an adventure of a lifetime. I promise. No day will look routine. Jesus will get rid of your routine. He'll get rid of the mundane. And every day you'll wake up, man, you'll just step into a life with him. And it's an adventure, man. Everywhere you go. It won't be the same old, same old. It'll be Christ Jesus in you and Christ Jesus through you. Amen. I, I, I just, this morning, I, I want to talk about Jesus. <laughs> I, I, the, the goal our goal this year has to be him. <laughs> Resolutions, you know, dreams, desires, those are good. But if, if he's not the point, if he's not the reason, if he's not the goal, then none of that will actually matter. Yeah. Come on. And, and so this morning I want to head towards the goal of being Jesus and actually becoming like him. But there's something real specific that I feel like God wants you to know this morning. And not only does he want you to know this this morning as we step into the new year, he, I believe he wants you to believe it and receive it. And I feel like this is not just for just the Ross family. I feel like it's for the body of Christ in 2022. I've had this phrase kind of reverberating on my heart the past couple of weeks as I've stepped into the new year. And I, I want to tell you what the phrase is. And I feel like this is what God is inviting us into this year. 
Here's the phrase, more than a conqueror. I, I feel like God this morning, this year, he wants you to know that you are more than a conqueror because the conqueror lives inside of you and his name is Jesus Christ. You, you are more, th this is your portion, this is your lot in life. You are more than a conqueror. Like specifically, this is what I feel like God wants you to know and believe and receive this morning, is that this year, Man, this Christian life does not have to be, neither does God intend it for it to be, an uphill battle. Oh. Listen, the life that you and I live with Jesus, I believe God wants you to know it's not supposed to be an uphill battle. It's not supposed to be hard. You don't have to struggle with the same old sin this year in your life. As a matter of fact, I feel like God wants you to know this. This year, not only do you not have to struggle with sin, you don't have to struggle with sinning anymore at all. Yeah, the struggle is not real, you guys, in our relationship with Jesus. I just feel like I want you to know that. You don't have to get like on this roller coaster where it's like some days are good and some days are bad. And some weeks are victorious and other weeks are not. You don't have to live on the struggle bus. Jesus paid a price to set you free from the struggle bus so that you could get on his freight train this year and run full speed with him. Not looking to the right or to the left. Laser focused on this man named Jesus Christ because you believe that he is who he says he is. You believe that what he has for you is so good and you believe you get to partner with him to unfold his kingdom reign on this earth. Oh, this is our portion in life, this is our portion, not the struggle. The struggle is not real. You don't have to live in this uphill struggle battle. Jesus has paid a price for that. God's grace is what we get to live from and live in. Now, remember, God's grace not only forgives you of your sins. I'm so thankful for God's grace. Like, like, because if I make a mistake, his grace is just like right there. I, I, if I make a mistake, I turn around and boom, I run right into Jesus with his arms open wide. And I'm all like, hey, Jesus. And he's like, hey, hey, Wes. And the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If you make a mistake, it's like Jesus is right there. Jesus, I messed up. I know. Hey, I asked you to forgive me. Okay, I already have 2,000 years ago. The blood of Jesus is not dried up. If you make a mistake, you just turn to him and say, confess it. Jesus, I messed up. Will you forgive me? And he'll baptize you afresh in his precious blood that's not dried up. Oh, and you begin to experience freedom in your heart. You begin to realize, wow, man, it's just as if I never made that mistake and I get to keep running with him. What's the problem? God's grace is so good. But remember, God's grace Man, it's not something that we're trying to abide by. God's grace is a person, and his name is Jesus. Yeah. And with Jesus comes authority. And with Jesus' authority comes the Spirit. And with the Spirit comes power. See, God's yeah. grace not only forgives you of your sins, God's grace empowers you and I to live a righteous life. God's grace empowers you and I so that we can get off the struggle bus and watch not even sin anymore. Some of you are unsure about that. I'm going to show you what the Scriptures say. 
we could get off the struggle bus and like be empowered by the power of the Holy Spirit to sin no more. 2022, I just feel like this, we can draw a line in the sand. You don't, the struggle's not real. What's real is the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you that sets you up to be victorious in every area of your life. The victory's already been won. This is your portion in life, not the struggle. The Bible says, greater is he that is within you than he that is within the world. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, my grace, there's grace again, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. But that, literally, what that scripture is saying is that grace not only forgives you of your sins, grace empowers you to sin no more. What that scripture is saying is that the area of your life that you feel so weak in, the Holy Spirit makes up for it by being strong. You're not really weak, you're really strong because you have the power to conquer. You're more than a conqueror. You, we, all, we have to know this. Believe this and receive this. This is who we are. In Romans 8, 37, it says that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And if you look up what the word conqueror means in the original uh, Greek language, it gives two definitions. And the first definition is this, to thoroughly conquer. The second definition is my favorite. It means to go beyond the conquest. Oh, which means if you've got something in front of you that you're wanting to accomplish or, or, or overcome or even conquer, you get to go beyond. You get to step further and go into and experience even more than what you set out to do. You get to step into and experience even more than what's right in front of you. Isn't that our Father? He wants to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask of, think of, or imagine in our life. Isn't that good? We, we get to go beyond the conquest. The example would be Jesus not only paid a price to rescue you from something, he paid a price so you could be born again into something. Yeah. Here we go. He, he not only paid a price to rescue you from darkness, he paid a price so you could step into the light. Yeah. He not only paid a price to deliver you out of the hands of the enemy in darkness, he paid a price so you could enter into a relationship with the Father and experience the kingdom of God at hand. Yeah. Do you see the difference? More than a conqueror. But see, uh, uh, oftentimes it's like uh, we're so focused. Our focus, man, is so on like uh, just trying to, to be better this year. It's like we're, we step into a new year, and it's like oftentimes like the goal is like, man, if I could just overcome the struggle. Like, if I could just, man, if I could just do better, if I could just be a better person, if I could just get rid of the addiction, and, and if I could just overcome the sin that's been plaguing me for the past three years, then, oh, yeah, and I'm telling you all this morning, that goal is wrong. The goal has to be the man named Jesus. We don't need more Christians. We need more Christ followers. We need disciples, man. We need believers that look at the life of Jesus and go, man, I believe that you are who you say you are. And my goal is to become more and more like you. When Jesus is not the goal and our goal is to just do better, just to overcome. See, the Bible doesn't encourage you to overcome. The Bible says you're more than a conqueror. This is who you are. Because the conqueror lives inside of you. But when, when our goal is just to overcome and just to do better, then our focus is on 
you. You focus on you and what you need to do and where you're not yet. Rather than focusing on him and what he's already done and who he says you are. Y'all, look at me. This is where it starts. It's not a sin problem. It's an identity problem. We have to know who we are this year. More than conquerors. You have to take the focus off of you and just trying to get better and trying to overcome. Jesus has to be the goal. Oh, are you with me? Because when we know who we are, it changes what we pursue. When we know who we are, we're no longer pursuing something, trying to get better, trying to overcome. We're pursuing someone named Jesus. When you know who you are, it changes what you pursue, which in turn will affect everything that you do. Oh, are you happy this morning? It is not, the, the, the struggle's not real. What's real is the power within you. It's not a sin problem. It's an identity problem. When you know who you are, it changes how you live your life. You go, Wes, well, I already know who I am. Why do, this, why do I still struggle? I'm going to tell you. You ready? Wes, I know who I am. Why do I keep struggling with the same old sin? Uh, namely, it's because you've lost sight of who you are and you've taken your focus off the one who made you who you are, really and truly. But, but let me tell you, Paul asked the same question in Romans chapter 7, verse 15. He says this. He says, he's, he's actually talking about living on the struggle bus. He goes, why do I do what I don't want to do? And what I do want to do, I don't end up doing. I only end up doing what I hate to do. You guys remember that verse? Why do I do what I don't want to do? And what I really want to do, I don't end up doing it. I only do what I hate to do. And what he's talking about is like, why, essentially, why is this Christian life such an uphill battle? We have to understand the context by which Paul is referring to. I'm, I'm going to teach just a little bit in this scripture because, and if it doesn't come out right, Y'all can all go ask Melanie at the end of the service. She'll just make it good, okay? But Melanie has empowered me. She goes, Wes, you're a great teacher of the word. So I just, I, I received that. We have to understand the context. Paul is talking about this, referring to his life when he lived under the law of religion. Okay? And you understand that Paul and all the Jewish people, they had to obey and abide by 613 Jewish laws. And ultimately, the law was their relationship with God. And it was all driven by a religion. Do's, don'ts, rights, wrongs, rules, regulations, performance, earning. I got to do better this year. I got to overcome. The focus is on the sin, right? And so Paul uh, comes to this conclusion before verse 15. He ends up saying, man, I've realized that now I've been trying to abide by this law. All that the law has done is exposed how sinful I am without an answer to conquer it. Are you with me? Look, the law has just shown me I'm a sinful man, and it's such a bummer that I have to live on the struggle bus for the rest of my life. And so, and so Paul goes, I, I've realized I'm a sinful man. There's no answer to conquer, so the only thing I know to do is to try harder, is to work harder, is to try to overcome. See, that's what religion promotes. Religion promotes working, earning, performing your way into a relationship with God. And so, and so Paul came to this other conclusion. He realized, man, because the law has exposed the sin in my life and the only response that I have since there's no answer to conquer is to try harder, I realized that I don't actually have what it takes within me. I don't have the power to overcome it. So essentially what Paul's saying, when you live under the law of religion where you're focused on trying to overcome and what you can do, sin actually has the advantage. Are you with me? When you live under the law of religion, 
and you're trying harder, sin actually has the advantage. In other words, when you're focused on trying to do better and have a better year and overcome that sin or that struggle, that's actually when you begin to compromise the most because you're trying to do it within your own strength. And God's going, and Paul ultimately says this at the end of the chapter, Jesus Christ is the answer. God invites you and I into a relationship with Jesus. With him comes the spirit and power so that we can go beyond the conquest. Woo! So that we don't have to live on the struggle bus. You have to get this. Our focus cannot be on us and what we need to do and what we're not yet. The goal has to be Jesus Christ. This is who we are. Once we know who we are, it changes what we pursue, which in turn affects everything that we do. The message is simple this morning. Like the battle is not against sin. The battle is whether or not you and I get up every morning and get on our knees and surrender our life to this man named Jesus Christ. That, that's what it is, y'all. You want to not struggle anymore? His name is Jesus. I don't have a... Here's the antidote. It's Jesus Christ. We've got to know who we are and keep our eyes on the one who made us who we are. In, in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, it says that our old self has been crucified with Christ. And we're no longer slaves to sin. This is who you are. Half the battle that's ultimately already been won is just believing that I got what it takes. I'm full of the spirit and power. That's half the battle right there. Half the battle is realizing ah, it's not about overcoming. I'm more than a conqueror. This is my lot. This is my portion in life. In Romans six eighteen, it says that we've been set free from sin. And now we're no longer slaves to sin. We're now slaves to righteousness. Isn't that amazing? When you receive Jesus, he clothed you with righteousness, which means you are in right standing with God. You're right, not wrong anymore. You're not an old creation. You're a new creation. You're in the dark. You're in the light now. In Colossians 1.22, it says you're righteous, pure, holy, blameless, and without fault in God's eyes because of what Jesus has accomplished for you. This is who you are. You're not a struggler. You're a son. You're a daughter. Yeah. Full of Jesus. Full of the spirit and power. In Romans 8 9, it says we're no longer controlled by the sinful nature. We're now controlled by the spirit of the living God. And in uh, 2 Peter 1 4, it says we are partakers in the divine nature of Jesus Christ. Watch, this is the second part. So that we may escape the corruption of this world that's caused by evil desires. So when we receive Jesus... It got rid of our sin nature and we received a Jesus nature so that we're no longer influenced by the chaos of the world that gives us evil desires. We're influenced by Jesus that gives us the desires for the things of God. This is who we are. Are you with me? Are you happy this morning? So you still might say, okay, Wes, that's great. I got a new nature. I got Christ. I got the spirit and power. Why do I still have evil desires? It's not because you have a sin nature. It's because you live in a world that has a sin nature. And when you take your eyes off the one who made you who you are, you become susceptible to the deception of the world. Are you with me? You understand that we have an enemy, right? 
in, in the book of 1 Peter 5, 8, it says the devil prowls around like a lion. Now understand this. He is not the lion. He is like a lion. There is only one the lion, and his name is Jesus Christ. He's a poser. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. He's a counterfeit. And much of the world that we live in has bowed down to this counterfeit poser. So every day you and I wake up, the world is just inviting you and I to go with the flow. And the enemy's actually even okay if you just invite Jesus to be a part of your day. He ain't supposed to be a part of your day, y'all. He's supposed to be our day. Do you understand this? He's not supposed to, listen, the enemy would be just fine with you not figuring out who you really are. He would be just fine with you focusing on what you need to do and where you're not yet. Because then you begin to do everything within your own strength. But once you discover who you are and who made you who you are, you realize it's all about what he did. Woo! It changes everything. Now I'm living from a place of identity in Christ. And I'm no longer susceptible to the deception of the world that the enemy is actually really good at. Man, he deceives, man. He makes things appear to be better than they really are. He works from the outside in. Like a lion, he's a poser. He's a thief in the night. And he's real. So the reason you still have evil desires is because you've lost sight of who you are and taken your eyes off the one who made you who you are and you've just decided to go with the rest of the flow and invite Jesus to be a part of your life. It don't work that way. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I am your life. Woo! Hey, look, the enemy, he's so good at what he does. I mean, he'll actually make you think that things are good, but they really don't line up with the word of God. Hey, like, you know, if you tell them the full truth, it's only going to hurt them. And that's not your heart. You don't want to hurt them. You're only going to make matters worse. Hey, look, let me tell you something. The, the, the Bible says there's the voice of God and there's a stranger's voice. Yep. And the biggest difference, Jesus says a stranger's voice you do not follow. The biggest difference between God's voice and the stranger's voice is when God speaks to you, it will always line up with the word of God. If it doesn't line up with his word, the standard, that's the stranger's voice. Don't you dare follow it. The other big difference, Melanie mentioned it last when, we, when she spoke. So powerful. When God speaks to you, he empowers you into a righteous life. When the enemy speaks to you and entices you to give in to what seems to be good, but doesn't line up with the word of God. There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end it leads to destruction. Oh, my goodness. Hey, listen, are you, you're going to be set free this morning. You ready? You, hey, listen, you don't have to live on the struggle bus. It ain't real. The power of the Holy Spirit is what's real. This is who you are. You don't have, it doesn't have to be an uphill battle. It doesn't have to be in battle at all. The battle's already won. You don't have to struggle with sin anymore. Some of you think, like Wes, like, you know, I'm still going to sin. Yeah, you will if you think you're a sinner. But if you believe that you're a saint... I'm not a sinner, I'm a saint. I'm a child of God living in the kingdom. And every day that I wake up, my focus and my attention and affection is not on me and what I need to do where I'm not. It's on him, what's been done, and who he says I am. Are you happy? Uh Oh, you know, I'm doing my taxes right now. And this, this amount of money, nobody would ever know. And I'm, I'm trying to feed my family. I'm trying to make ends meet. And if I were to turn this amount in, I'd owe a bunch come April. I just, you know, I just, I got to, you know. 
You, you, like you can actually talk yourself into it because it seems okay because I'm trying to feed my family. You know, so, you know that there's no such thing as a small sin or a small compromise. It's all a big deal to God. Because if you give the enemy an inch, you'll take a foot. God wants to meet you in the vulnerable places and do immeasurably more. Yeah. Our willingness to give in to what seems to, the, to be an innocent sin actually allows you and I to miss out on the immeasurably more that God has for us in our life. Oh, you know what? I got, you know what? It, it, yes, this might hurt in the moment, but I'm going to share the full truth because when I share the full truth, that's when the Holy Spirit comes in and we begin to experience freedom and our relationship becomes better than it was before. Oh, uh, that was back to the other example. Look, uh, you know, at least, uh, at least I don't look at pornography. This, they over there, they look at pornography. At least, I, and you know, it's okay for me to check out the girl every once in a while, to have the lustful thought every once in a while, to click on the risque thing every once in a while. They still have clothes on. At least I don't, you know, look at me, church. The moment that you begin to keep score, the moment you begin to compare your life with someone else's, the moment you begin to settle for the good that doesn't line up for the Word of God is the very moment yeah. that you begin to live under the law of religion where yeah. sin has the advantage. Yeah. That's what Paul means in Romans 7. Christ Jesus is the answer. You don't have to live under the law. Jesus becomes the law. Come on, are you with me? It's, it's like, y'all, you got to see this, man. I, I, I don't struggle with lust. I don't struggle with pornography. I don't struggle with any of that stuff. It's not just because I want to honor my wife. That's great. She's a big motivating factor. I, I want, like, I don't want our marriage to, to struggle or just survive. I want it to thrive. I want to honor her not when I'm with her, but when I'm away from her with my thoughts, my eyes, my words, my actions, and my decisions because I want to steward well the gift that God's given me through Caroline. But that can't be, like, the goal. That, like, not struggling with pornography and lust it cannot be cause just because I want to honor my wife. It's, yeah. Man, it's got to be because I want to become like Christ. Yeah, Y'all, look at me. He's got to be the goal. Yeah. It can't be doing better and honoring better and overcoming this. You're not an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. <laughs> you get to go beyond the conquest. Do you understand that? And now when my goal is to become like him, then I begin to see people in life and women the same way that he does. I don't have to focus on trying to honor. Honor comes with the territory because my goal is to become more and more like Christ. James 3, 2 and 3 says our goal in this Christian life is to become more and more like Christ. Y'all, it's Jesus or nothing this year. I'm serious. I feel that so strong, like this invitation, man, from God. It's like, it's my son Jesus or nothing. Hot or cold, I talk about this a lot. I really mean it. Hot or cold, in or out, light or darkness, it's Jesus. Y'all, that's got to be the goal. When we know who we are, it changes what we pursue. we got to pursue him. Y'all, we got to spend just as much, if not more, time on our knees than we do our feet. 
in order to become like him, we got to spend time with him. The most important thing in your life has to be your relationship with Jesus Christ. The most important part of your day, your space, and your place has to be the secret place. You, I'm telling you, you got to find, you can encounter him anywhere. You got to find time and space to get behind the closed door. If it's three minutes, the battle is not against sin. It's whether or not you and I wake up every day and surrender our life to this man named Jesus Christ. I, I just came here this morning <laughs> to present Jesus. <laughs> he's enough. He's all you want and more. And he's right here in this room. And because you have him, you have the spirit and power. And because you have the spirit and power, you have what it takes to not struggle anymore. I believe that with all my heart. The past, not just a couple of weeks, it's really been over the past uh, month. I have just felt like this invitation from God to step into this new year and to realize that I'm more than a conqueror. And that's not limited. That's with anything and everything that we're faced with because the conqueror lives inside of you. Are you happy this morning? Do you want to surrender? You go, I'm already surrendered. Do you want to do it again? Every day of your life to this man named Jesus Christ. So it's not about you and what you need to do, and where you're not yet. It's about him and what's already been done and who he says you are. Let's all stand up. <laughs> hey, Luke, can we just do this just for this two-minute song, turn our eyes upon Jesus and look full in his wonderful face so the things of the earth will go strangely dim. Come on. If you need to come forward and get on your face and surrender your life, great. Come forward and do it. If you need to come forward and lay down that struggle and say, I'm done with it. I'm ready to step into who I am. Do it this morning. Come lay it down. <laughs> Jesus! You're mine. Jesus, we surrender all this morning. Jesus, we surrender all this morning. We turn our focus, we turn our affection, we turn our attention upon you this morning, Jesus. 
I just, Jesus wants you to know this morning that he won the victory for you. His victory is your victory. The battle has been won. The deed has been done. The victory has been won. This morning, just for another few minutes, just give him everything. Just give him everything this morning. Give him your heart, give him your mind, give him your body.